0: My name's Catherine Carr and this is Relatively, the podcast all about potentially the longest relationships of your life.
2: i cutting off my mic every time I've been vaping, you'll be, you'll be pleased to know. God, that makes a change. You can shut up, Ben.
0: I'll be bringing siblings together to talk about the connections they have as adults, as well as what it was like growing up together. In this episode, we're talking to Ben McKean.
3: I was going to make a point then and I've completely lost my train of thought. That's brilliant. <laughs>
0: and his brother, Max McKean.
2: Shut up. It's not like I'm in <laughs> IT or anything.
0: <laughs> they come like a buy one, get one free as the brothers of Bryony Williams.
1: Hello!
0: AKA Bryony Bakes. Nice to see you boys. Bye. Love
3: you. Grew you. We're off. <laughs> see you later.
0: But I'll also talk
1: to them separately to get a more private take on the relationship. You know, like you say, I've had all this stuff going on in my head, but I haven't actually, you know sat down and and talked talked it through with them.
2: I got on the bus and literally went straight to the back with Ben. It was just a bunch of like sick formers and me, bleach blonde, little twerp.
3: I particularly had feelings of, I wanted to make sure mum was supported. Do you know what I mean? Anything I could do financially from that side, emotionally from that side.
0: Brothers and sisters
1: are never straightforward.
3: So were you kind, Bryony?
1: No, I slagged you off rotten.
3: I thought you were Cow.
1: Yeah. Awful. Awful pair. Bryony and her brothers
0: bonded as teens in the pubs and clubs of Bristol. Born with a little hand, it's only since appearing on Bake Off that Bryony's talked openly about being disabled. We talk about that, about the politics of the school bus, and growing up a little bit too fast. But in an episode full of teasing, we started, inevitably,
1: with nicknames. <laughs> Sometimes call Max Maximus Decimus Bridius. Father to a murdered son, husband to a murdered wife, and he shall have his vengeance in this life or the next.
2: <laughs> My name is Max. It's just just Max. I've always called Briny Bry or B. Brizzer, <laughs> Brizzle.
1: Braz, Briz. Their kids call me Auntie B, which I love.
2: Che- chewy at one point.
1: Chewy? Chewy.
2: Chewy, yeah. I, I can't remember where that came from. Briz. Not as,
1: in, like, oh. yeah, like as in
2: Chewbacca, like Chew Brizzer. Oh. <laughs> and they used to drive me absolutely crazy <laughs> by calling me Maximilian Wellhouse the coffee no Maximilian and Maxwell House and a combination of the two Maximilian, Maximilian Wellhouse. Wellhouse
1: there we go yeah. they're in my phone as little bro and big bro <laughs> I was going to ask if you had a whatsapp group for you. To yeah what it was called. it's called more sibling time needed <laughs> so what's it like being in the middle of two boys oh do you know what growing up it was a bit mm, not sure a bit squiffy um but now as a grown-up I absolutely love it and I just think they're the best people in the whole world
3: (laughs) how would I describe Bryony um wonderful is a word that I always use very charismatic very entertaining very upbeat positive and a genuinely beautiful soul
0: and would you have said that about her when you were like five probably not
3: no It's a running joke in the family that I was a bit of a terror to Max and Briony, and uh, I'm resolving my sins in my older age at the moment. But uh, I don't think I was the nicest big brother I could have been. Um, But (laughs) I'm going to say it before Max does. That's That's the main thing. If I look back now, as you say, hindsight is a wonderful thing. I wish I'd done a much better job at being a little bit more nurturing and a little bit more caring and a little bit nicer. But then again, maybe I turned
2: them into the people they are today by being so
3: horrible.
0: And so, what kind of a big sister was Bryony then, Max?
2: She was. She was a lovely older sister. She she tried to get me involved, and obviously, I was I wasn't that keen on playing with Barbies and stuff like that. But you know, majority of what I remember is her and her friends coming round and just practicing dancing in the kitchen <laughs> i now know all the words to every backstreet boys song oh, God, spice don't. girls boy zone i know all of them because i heard them on repeat <laughs> all weekend
0: so both boys when i spoke to them described you with being quite thick as thieves with local uh, friends and yes. a lot of dancing
1: in the kitchen so you yes. tried to assert your femininity and your girliness on the household (laughs) absolutely yeah for sure um yeah our house was very much an open house I always had my friends around you know a couple of them had keys to the front door and my friends growing up were also my brother's friends as in like if me and the girls went out for a night out they'd often come and, and meet up with us for a few drinks and you know and all my friends just thought they were like brothers to them as well apart from when like I'd get a new friend and one of the brothers would decide that they were really fit And we tried to pull them and then it just got a bit awkward. (laughs) You you need a code, I feel. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Both brothers have broken those codes so many times. I can't even begin to tell you. I won't go into too much though because I think my mum might listen to this. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think um, Bryony
0: with her sort of Backstreet Boys crew was frustrated by the sort of lack of girliness in the house with you two? A
2: hundred percent. I, d- I don't think so. It was it was, no? it was was very girly. And, well, I mean, like, it was quite even because it was, it was mum and Bri and then me yeah. and you.
3: But when it was just the three of us, yeah, there was a definite vie towards the, the masculine side.
0: Mm. Can I ask you about your dad? By all means, of course. So you said it was evenly split, mum and Bri and you two? Yes. So where does dad fit in or not?
3: Um... So mum and dad went through a divorce uh when I'm th- I think I was 12 you you were I, 10 I, 10 that was it yeah I always get it confused I mean we've got these wonderful memories of going on holiday with mum and dad together eurocamp and driving across france and but the one that sort of sticks in in the mind is is that transition from a double parent household to a, a single parent household there was a, there was a lot of A lot of sad times. I'm not going to lie. There was there was a lot of trials and tribulations that we had to go through, from making sure we had a home to live in, and and making sure we were supporting mum from an emotional standpoint and things like that. But when we were growing up in our adolescent years, from ten onwards, it was predominantly us four, if you see what I mean. I don't know how you feel about it, mate.
2: Well, I no, no, I've the same. But I mean, dad, dad used to come round every morning Mm. before work and have breakfast with us. Really, <clears throat> he tried to. Yeah, he'd come round in his little red van, and uh, <laughs> he wasn't a postman. He your dad postman Pat? Wasn't A postman, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> with his cat Jess.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you said something interesting, Ben, about um, when your parents split up. That you there were tribulations. You had to move house, and all of those things. And you also said I had to make sure that your mum was okay. And there is often, not always, there's often a kind of onus on the eldest child in a situation where the family splits up to sort of take on a role that's a little bit grown up for them, maybe.
3: Yeah, I mean, it it took me a long time to to come to terms with what actually happened back then. I'd gone through a lot of counselling to try and understand the feelings. And I don't want to say that there was a lot on my plate because our mum did so much for us. She was an absolute rock. But I particularly had feelings of, I wanted to make sure mum was supported. I wanted to make sure that there was I mean, anything I could do financially from that side, emotionally from that side. I did what I could. Let's put it that way.
0: You actually thought about earning money?
3: Absolutely. First thing you think about is making sure that the financial side of things is okay. I mean, we weren't always as, uh, as financially stable as we are at this present time.
0: When I talked to Ben, he seemed to sort of struggle a little bit more than it sounds like the two of you did, although that may be an overstretch, Mm -hmm. with a sense of responsibility and shouldering some
1: of the sort of difficult bits of Mm. childhood and growing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I fully agree with that. I think, you know, because he was that bit older and, you know, we did have some problems with my dad when I was 14 He really took on the responsibility of looking after us and being responsible for us in terms of that kind of traditional male role, I suppose, because my mum at the time was hurting as well. And were you aware at the time that he was doing that? Or is it only now as an adult
0: looking back that you realise what responsibility he assumed?
1: Yeah, I think there were flashes of it. There were moments where he would, you know, say something to a grown-up, whoever it was, trying to protect us. I didn't think I realised how much until we were older. You, you know, I think he had he had a, a tough time of it.
3: I didn't get on very well at school either. I wasn't very good. I'm not an academic person. Bryony's very academic, very, very much so. Very good at that. Hmm. But I made sure the first thing I did after I, I left school or left sixth form was get a job, start paying mum rent. Let me put it this way. It puts you in a position that you didn't think you would be in at that age. But I'm sure a lot of people have been through a lot worse.
0: I'm sure they might have done, but I also think comparing suffering doesn't really help sometimes. No. Because it, you know, it is what it is. It's hard. It's hard. Agreed. Did
1: you three go to the same school? Mm-mm. No. Sorry, I was a sip of wine. <laughs> we all went to the same primary school. And then I really wanted to go to Colston's Girls' School in Bristol. So I got an assisted place back in the day when the government did those things. And the boys went to, they went to the same state school. They were five years apart. And one of the lovely things that I'll always remember is that Max just joined year seven and Ben should have been going into Sick form, but he wasn't very academic. But he stuck around in Sick form for a few weeks just to make sure Max was okay in year seven.
3: Yeah, it was it was a big thing for me to make sure that he was protected. You know what school's like. It's a horrible thing when you move to a new school and just being able to make any aspect of that easier for him was was a consideration of mine, for sure.
1: Because he was so little at the time.
2: I, was, I wasn't that little.
3: Was you it?
1: were little! You had awful bleached blonde hair, do you remember?
2: <laughs> yeah, and that was a big hit in <laughs> primary school. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there is that stage in Year
0: 7 where Your rucksack is bigger than you. And also, the the (laughs) plastic bag that you choose to take your PE kit is really defining. Because if you choose Aldi or something, then that's... Oh, you're
2: screwed for the rest of your life. At our school, it was if it wasn't Sports Direct, you were ousted.
0: (laughs) Did you feel that you were being protected, Max? Did you know that he was doing that for you? Or were you too little? Um, To
2: to be honest with you, I was told, and I didn't really know this until just, just now, I was told that the only reason... Ben was staying on at sick form so I could get into that school. <laughs> so, this is this is all news to me. There was a lot going on at that time
3: in our lives, and making sure that Max was seeded correctly into the school was a big priority <laughs> for me because he obviously was walking into a wake of devastation that I caused <laughs> at St. Catherine's.
2: But yeah, I, I got on the bus, I literally went straight to the back with Ben. It was just a bunch of like sick formers and me. Bleach blonde <laughs> little little twerp that I was <laughs> right, oh no, I was, and I was just sat there like, don't say anything, don't say anything, don't say anything. And then when Ben left, I got on the bus and like, I went to go sit at the back still. And they were like, oh no, you can sit somewhere else. And I was like, oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> that makes sense.
0: A lot of the things that I, when I read about Briony, mainly cakes, but she has talked more about her disability as she now more freely calls it. I wonder whether and how that featured at all in your childhood or whether that's as incidental to Briony as it seems to be from a member of the public's point of view.
2: I I forget a lot of the time, to be perfectly honest. We'll be chatting and then she'll gesture with her hand or something like that and I'll go, oh yeah.
3: It's never been at the forefront of our minds. She's just bry. We don't see anything else.
2: The only time I pick up on it is if someone were to say something derogatory to her. Yeah. It's like, you what, mate? Mm.
3: And the only thing I remember is when someone mentioned something to her at one point when we were out, I just saw red and <laughs> I mean, that will leave it at that.
2: I just remember. I remember her fake hand.
3: Oh God! Yeah, do you remember that, that thing?
2: Awful thing! Just every now and then you just look around the corner and it'd be at the bottom of the stairs. And like, oh, oh God!
3: It's ask her how she describes her little hand to our kids. She said a crocodile ate it. Oh no!
2: That that was a, a guy in my class. Oh, was it? He was being a dick to her about it, and he was like, "Oh, what happened to your hand?" Oh, my, my. And he she said, "Oh, a, a crocodile bit it off in Florida." And he was like. He was like yeah, But he was going to Florida that summer and he <laughs> his face was brilliant. Yeah, he, he didn't ask any more questions, funnily enough.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they talk about it, I'm, I'm sure you've talked about it with me a lot, but um, two themes came out. One is that it was never anything that was particularly discussed. And then the second thing is just the sort of visceral anger that they would feel if anybody mentioned it in a derogatory way they get that kind
1: of very yeah their blood gets up obviously yeah yeah they do and I mean it you know it boils my blood as well if anyone says something unkind about it it's been quite an adjustment for my family me talking about disability so openly and so boldly growing up my mum never used that word and in fact she sort of turned away from it because it had such negative connotations and because she never labeled me as disabled you know I had a different hand that's just what it was you know it never stopped me doing anything because my mum always said it's not going to stop you we'll just figure a way around it
3: I think for honest memories when I remember her being able to pick up a yogurt pot with it I don't know why I don't know why that sticks in my mind but she used to pick
2: up a yogurt pot with the with a little hand and and eat it with the the other hand same for me actually I remember the first time she was able to pick it up and it was like oh
1: my god I think my family find it quite uncomfortable sometimes when I tra- start talking about disability because they're like, oh, oh, she's talking about it. Okay. Oh, right. Okay. We're talking about it like that now. <laughs> I think I've gone on quite a big journey to get to this point. And obviously <laughs> I forget sometimes that they've not also done that. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I'm going, oh, blah, 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 and disability this and disability that. <laughs> and they're like, oh, oh, okay, sure. Yeah. I think it's an adjustment. Yeah, I suppose
0: it's like changing... you you decided or maybe it just sort of evolved I don't know how it happened internally but you have changed your identity in the way that you think about yourselves and a lot of that happens Mm. in your head so perhaps they didn't see the whole process yeah they didn't get the memo (laughs) we were talking about um with Bryony talking Mm. about her little hand and the sort of Mm. without being too x-factor about the journey
1: but the The sort of (laughs) such a cliche word but I can't think of any other one else have you got
2: some lovely music to play over now? Yeah. That,
1: that was going to be my, my production trick, but yeah.
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> do you feel like it's different now? So before Bake Off and after Bake Off, like the last couple of years, do you feel like I kind of talk about it differently now than I did I, I
2: Massively, yeah. Yeah. Before you never really talked about it, you kind of... It's almost like you didn't really perceive it as a disability. It was just mm. that was that was you. Like I said, you just got on with things. But now you've come to terms with or accepted yeah. the fact that it is a disability. You are, you do have a disability, and
1: what? Like, no, I'm
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, I learnt to tie my shoelaces at the same time as Ben. Let's bring that up later. because <laughs> He gets really annoyed about that. Um, <laughs> You know he was two years older with two fully functioning hands but you know we won't go into it
2: well i'm an idiot what's your what's your excuse (laughs) just to add in there catherine they were both 25 at the time (laughs) (laughs) they were velcro for a long long time
3: (laughs) (laughs) it's it's so nice to hear Brightly talk about it in a positive way the admiration that she gets and the, and the conversations that she has and these lovely messages that she gets from people saying my daughter's got a little hand like you or things like that that kind of exposure to that side of things has just made it more prevalent i think
1: you know having been on bake off and the platform that it's given me since then i feel very passionate about the fact that i would like to use this platform to do some good and reach out to people and try and make some sort of change no matter how small that might be yeah um and I think it's it is just that you know like you say I've had all this stuff going on in my head but I haven't actually you know I suppose I just haven't sat down and and talked talked it through with them
0: so um how do you think Ben um Bryony would describe your personality
3: oh god I dread to think um no 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 I I think she would describe me as positive uh, loyal, I hope, um, and a bit of a laugh.
2: I hope, Hopefully funny, but
3: dry. No.
2: I, don't, I, 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 I really don't know.
3: He's not very good at giving himself compliments, by the way. So.
1: Well, I'll wait for Brian to do that. Then.
3: Indecisive. <laughs> <laughs> Indecisive, there you go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're, they're amazing. They're incredible men who I'm very, very proud to call my brothers. They're funny, Um, The two of them together is my favourite thing because they're like a little comedy duo.
3: That's one thing that we've always had, all three of us together, is a fantastic comedy between us. My mum often gets us all together just so she can have a giggle.
1: No, and she literally just sits there and watches us kind of banter back and forth.
3: Um, And I especially remember after our nana passed away November last year, um, we all were together in the evening and it was just the most it was the most glorious evening because there was just laughter reminiscing about Nana and and all the rest of it and it just just brought back that that wonderful community between us where it's just just laughs all the time it's really really good fun when we're all together
1: yeah 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 we were all hammered so it was mum just the four of us just battered just talking about Nan and laughing and she was amazing an amazing woman she's little little anecdote she used to drive ben round on his um paper rounds <laughs> rather than him riding around his bike my nan would drive him round. <laughs> so i'm getting from you kind of party
0: drinking clubbing no, Catherine, yeah. no no but i also want to know when without the sort of sad music playing again but when things are more difficult are you quietly <laughs> there for each other in a way that's Sort of constructive and supportive, or is your way of being supportive always to flip into humour?
1: No, no, I think we'll always bring humour to our relationship just because that's what we do and that's who we are, but we're always there for each other, always like,
2: yeah, 100%. I know
1: that if anything happened, I could go straight to the boys
2: and and vice versa.
1: Recently, with lockdown, I've been feeling quite. I don't know. My depression's quite bad, and just mental health isn't great. But I know that the boys—they're both there, and they both know that if I need them, I can—I can reach out to them. You know,
3: timing's important as well. Is the fact is that we know when to be funny and we know when not to be funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we le- we've it... learned that the hard way. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> massively. So,
1: if I don't want an honest opinion, I will not go to <laughs> If I want someone to sugarcoat it for me and tell me what I want to hear. I'm not going to go to my brothers because I know that they'll tell me exactly what I need to hear even if I don't want to. No,
3: Brian's absolutely right. Is I wouldn't I wouldn't even think twice about going to either of them if I needed to sit down and have a, mm. a proper conversation, do you know what I mean, where we had to be really serious and we had to talk about things. But the reason why I know I can go to them and do that is because they'll always make me laugh at the end of it.
1: I was diagnosed with depression in 2010. Having struggled with it for a few years, um, it sort of quite a family affair you know mum's had it uh, as long as I can remember and it's just one of those things you know the chemicals don't quite match up and and it makes me feel really awful but I've always managed it well with medication and uh, family support and exercise and things like that but this lockdown this third lockdown has just really hit me and I'm normally an incredibly positive person, probably annoyingly sometimes. Um, <laughs> this lockdown, I just really struggled to find that positive mental attitude and, and the wants to keep going. So, and I know for a fact that I'm not alone, you know, so many people are going through this at the minute.
0: And do you boys have a kind of Bryony barometer for that?
1: Bryometer. A Bryometer, yeah. Depends by the look on my face, maybe.
0: (laughs) When you're a three, you communicate as a three, but there's also, like, Max and Bryony will talk, Bryony and Ben will talk, Ben and Max will talk. And if one of the triangle is a little down, it's natural that the other two might just shoot each other a private WhatsApp and be like, ooh
3: how did you know yeah that's that's (laughs) impressive yeah it's it's, there's been an occasion recently where one of us has shot a message to each other and gone uh something's wrong here we need to sort this out and it's kind of like uh moving it up to defcon 5 type thing or (laughs) defcon 1 whichever whichever the one is but there's always that triangle you're absolutely right it has to be it has to be as strong as it possibly can be and we're very lucky that we've got three of us
0: and when i do this podcast it's a new podcast, but um, normally I just do pairs of siblings. And when I approached you, Bryony, you were like, "Oh no, 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 no! I, I can't choose." So I've
1: I've broken the rules for you, but I kind of see why. Oh, thank Aww. you. Yeah, I was like, I can't, I can't just do one. I can't choose.
3: She couldn't deal with yeah. the fallout more than anything. Yeah. It would just be it terrible was... for her.
1: And also, like when you talk about my siblings, it's it's my brothers. It's not one or the other. We come as a as a team. I love them.
2: <laughs>
0: oh. and finally what's what's a song that you can remember from like maybe Euro camping trips from when you were younger or car journeys oh. do
2: you know what the first thing that came to my head was then what? was what? Um, Dragostad in Te, that Numa Numa yay that one. Oh
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> I think of um, Carlos Santana um, oh yeah uh, just like and what's his name Roll Thomas yeah smooth smooth because it reminds me of Florida when we went and Ben was a miserable get And we had a great time still, but yeah, I remember that song playing a lot in the back of the car. Do you know what's the best
3: thing is? Is our mum's going to be so pleased that none of us sound Bristolian on this podcast? Oh, I
1: don't know. We probably do. (laughs) Cheers, drive. Cheers, drive.
2: What, What you don't know, Catherine, as well is that we're actually three of seven.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we are actually. You
2: you laugh, but that's not a joke. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's actually, there's actually seven,
1: seven in yeah. My da- our dad's been married three times. Catherine, our dad's um, a busy
2: boy. Loves him some wedding cake.
1: Cheers then to Bryony, Max, and Ben.
0: Thank you too to Tanita Tikaram who let us use this amazing song. Sound design is by Nick Carter at Mixonics and digital production by Charlotte Griffiths. So that's uh, it. Yeah. I just, I've ruined your relationships. That's the opinion. yeah. Well, thanks, Catherine. Yeah, cheers. Yeah. Thanks for that. <laughs> Next week, it's mother and sister Pucker, a.k.a. Anna and Karen Whitehouse, who talk about what it takes to be a good auntie, postnatal depression, and their parents' rather unorthodox marriage tips. Thank you, too, for listening. Please do rate and review this podcast wherever you found it as it helps others find it, too. Well, you know what? You could just recommend it to your brother or sister. And if you want to see some really sweet photos of Briannie Max and Ben, or find out more about the podcast, head to relativelypodcast.com. There's a good tradition of love and hate Staying by the fireside There's a good tradition of love and hate Staying by the fireside Now rain may fall Your father's calling you you still feel safe inside, you oh, no, your mom's too proud. Your brother's ignoring you. You still feel safe inside, oh. Was it solo? Was it yesterday? Was it true for you? Cause while all the rest have taken time.